Welcome to Politics and Right. My name is Egberto Willis, your host at KPFT 90.1 FM Houston. I hope all of you guys had a wonderful turkey day, if that is what you eat. I hope you had a wonderful friends, uh, Friendsgiving day, if that's what you call it, a Thanksgiving day, is that what you call it? I hope it was a great time. I know one thing. I got a chance to really, really work on my, uh, finish up my book. So uh, I quite didn't have Thanksgiving on Thanksgiving, though the wife and daughter went out to Dallas with family to get it done as I stayed home and wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote. But you know what, guys? It's going to be a great day and we're going to have a great time. But before I get started with the program, I want, to, I want to point out something that's important. You know, people are not going to say much about it on the news. They'll say hey, gas prices are, have been falling and all that kind of stuff. Or they are going to kind of give it that tacit notice, right? What I want to do is go a little bit more in detail on that again. But beforehand, I want to give you guys our number, 713-526-5738. Again, that number is 713-526-5738. I want you guys to remember that Politics Done Right is your show. And when I say it is your show, that is exactly what I mean. It is your show. You can call in and talk about anything. I always have a subject to speak about. I always have an essay ready to go. But also, however, I want you to know that this is our... Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Uh, our, our platform, your platform that you can call in at your convenience to say, hey, I want to put this out there. I want to talk about this. This is an important issue that needs to be covered. 713-526-5738. 713-526-5738. I want to thank Tori and Howard who are in the, in the studio right now. Thank you guys. You guys are like super, super great. We could not have this show at all without the great, uh, the great input from these wonderful people. 713-526-5738. Five seven three eight. Okay, let's talk a little bit about gasoline. I went to, to Costco on my way here to fill up, and instead of paying uh, three dollars and fifty nine cents a, a a gallon, went what it was around a few months ago. I paid two hundred two dollars and sixty four cents for gasoline, and and it's fallen right. And what I want every single person listening to my voice right now to realize is that we got ripped off. We were exploited over those years. I want, to, I want to present something to you all, and I want you guys to never, ever fall for the trap. Gasoline was never, there was never a shortage of gasoline. There was never a shortage of oil. The war in, in Ukraine did not create any of these issues at all. We were legally robbed and we had a government and a plutocracy, an oligarchy, a set of corporations who decided that they could take the money from us because they knew we had it. Let me explain. I went on to uh, Muslim TV a few months ago during the, during the war when the prices started to skyrocket. And I said the following. After the, this, this, this TV station wrote a, read a blog that I wrote 
which said there is no oil shortage. There is an oil surplus. And everybody complained about the article. In fact, there was one particular place where I put it, wanted me to take it down, saying that I was misinforming the public. And I gave them the numbers. And then they said, OK, you can keep it up. Here is the thing, folks. There was never a shortage. When oil, when, when, you, when we placed that ban on Russian oil, what occurred is that Russia started to sell that oil. There was no less oil on the market. They started to sell that oil to China and India at a discount, which means there was a lot more oil elsewhere to be purchased, which means the price of oil should have dropped. I repeat, the price of oil because of the Ukraine war and the sanctions against Ukraine, who then sold who uh, Russia then sold, I mean, the sanctions against Russia, who then sold the oil at a discount to China and India, meant we had a surplus. The first reason you should have noted that there is a surplus is when Saudi Arabia said, and we are going to cut 2 million barrels of oil a day. You don't do that if you think there is a, if there's not a surplus, that, uh, if you think you're, you're if otherwise you would create something called demand destruction. That didn't occur, folks. So I want you to understand this, and I want you guys to be sufficiently enraged with both your representatives and the oil companies. That was a legitimate theft. It was a legitimate theft. There was no oil shortage. Even with the announcement that Saudi Arabia is going to take off 2 million barrels of oil off the market, notice that the oil prices are still falling. I repeat, the oil prices are still falling. And here on the internet, Bridge MCP is saying something that, that you should know. Hey, Egberto, U.S. allows Chevron to expand energy operations in Venezuela. The license, limited in scope, was issued amid the resumption of talks between the Venezuelan government and opposition and comes as President Nicolas Maduro desperately needs to improve the economy. And you see, uh, the United States figure we have a symbiotic relationship here with Venezuela. We'll even put more oil on the market, even though Venezuela has some of the sourest oil, a lot of sulfur in their oil. But anyhow... So what I want everybody to understand right now is that we were robbed. And how did they perpetrate this? They knew that we had a stimulus. They knew that Americans had a few extra dollars in their pockets. Do you think our oligarchy was going to allow us to save that money for a rainy day? Do you think they were going to allow us to catch up on our bills and catch up on the debt that we have? No, they knew you had a, a little bit of cash coming in from Uncle Sam, and what did they say? We know that you have the money to spend so we can increase our prices because you will spend that money. 713-526-573. Before I get to the other subject, I'd like to know if anybody wants to mention anything about gasoline prices, anybody wants to mention anything about the fraud that has occurred in our oil markets. This is one of the reasons that I support wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly, that we need to remove the oil sector, which is using most, uh, use a whole lot of public lands that we as Americans should own to make a profit on us with no returns to the treasury, with no returns of any substance to the coffers of the United States. Maywood says, afraid I'll have, oh, I, I guess that's, a, that's another subject. But anyway, welcome aboard Maywood, welcome aboard Bridge MCP, welcome aboard Don to our chats online. 
Give us a call at 713-526-5738. Una vez más, 713-526-5738. If you guys don't want to talk anymore about gasoline, just remember what I said. We should be into our politicians' skins now to ensure that they don't allow what occurred over the last few months to occur again because what the oil companies did is take took money out of the pockets of mom and dad and aunt and cousin and those who least could afford it. And when you go and turn on your channel on CNBC and you see those guys in front of the stock market talking about how much profits they've made and how these executives have really downed all that money that they have. Remember, they took money out of that beautiful woman's with a kid's pocket. She couldn't buy her kid that toy. She couldn't buy her kid that meal because that rich, fat executive cat at one of these oil companies decided we are going to take your money because we can. We have all price and power. We can do it because we can. West Brain says on the internet, gas price in Southern Oregon remain well over $5 a gallon. Again, go figure is the right answer. Go talk to your politician and start talking nationalization of the oil industry and you see how fast those prices fall. If they ever believe that you are going to start being a part of the solution and not just complaining, if they ever believe that you are really going to start engaging the politicians to do the right thing, then they will start immediately dropping these prices because they're scared that finally Americans will get up. Americans will wake up and say, no mas, no more. All right, subject of the day. Title of the show today is, We Willfully Submit Ourselves to the New Bondage. And what is the new bondage called? Antiseptic slavery. That's the title. We willfully submit ourselves to the new bondage. Antiseptic slavery. Doesn't sound nice. Nobody wants to consider themselves a slave to any system. And, you know, it's especially, let's say, our majority population. We know, we know in America that we had slavery, but it never happened to us. So my subtitle is, It is easy to be pessimistic in the times where most have acquiesced to an insidious form of bondage. I refer to it as antiseptic slavery. I am optimistic, however, that grassroots action is the answer. And it starts right here. It starts right here. It starts with you listening to these words that we speak about. It starts with you calling in and engaging and giving info, supplying info, taking info, sharing info that's practical and that is worthwhile. It is important that we get there. 713. 526-5738. Again, that number is 713-526-5738. Anyway, um, the title of the show again, like I said, is We Will... Okay, we can go ahead and uh, throw that whenever he puts the name on. David, David, David. Uh, come on into our system. All right. Para ver, para ver, para ver, él estará, él estará ahí bien pronto. That means he will be on air with us very soon. Uh, we're, David will be with you shortly. Don't, don't worry about it. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders 
no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. I will get, we'll get that. There you go. David, you're on. Hey, Alberto. And I was just listening to your discussion about the so-called oil shortage. Yes, sir. You know, a few years ago, I received from a friend a pamphlet, and it was from Rice University, the James A. Baker Institute. Mm-hmm. And they, what they did was it had to do with, with a study concerning in-ground uh, res- oil resources around right. the world. And they talked about some of the other countries like Venezuela. Like, I know they claim that Venezuela has the greatest. Yeah, Venezuela has but, the largest reserve of oil, discovered oil already. Yes. Well, uh, now, you know, along the north coast of Russia, mm-hmm. uh, there's approximately 7,000 miles of, of, of coastline right. in the Arctic Ocean. And the James A. Baker Institute, according to this report, the estimated oil oil um, uh, deposits along the Arctic Ocean that Russia has access to probably total up to up to four trillion barrels of oil. I believe that, yeah. I believe so, that. And and then consider how much how much land that Russia possesses the largest country on the face of the earth. Right. And how much how much of that area has actually been explored by Russia for in respect to oil deposits? A, a lot of it has been explored, David. But the, the thing why they talk about Venezuela, I, I, it doesn't surprise me, however, that Venezuela has the largest uh, reserves right now discovered. Because, again, also we have to realize where Venezuela is. Venezuela is in an area where there's a whole lot of life. And, you know, oil is past life, right? Both. Yeah. Well, I know about I know about Orinoco. Yeah, Orinoco, exactly right. Yes, and and there are a lot of other places. Venezuela is like sitting on a pool of oil because again, remember, there's Amazon there and all of that, and all those plants and and animals and everything that were there over the over over millions of years. That's what we're burning now. That's why they're fossil fuels. But um, th- but the reality is, yeah, Russia probably has a whole lot of oil. In fact, America probably has a whole lot of undiscovered oil right now in some of those mountains where you know where we have faults, etc. But again, my, my whole tenet, David, was that we got ripped off by the oil companies telling us that there was some shortage that everybody should have known there wasn't. And it, it always irks me that our media buys into the narrative, okay, war in Ukraine and somehow that meant that we had less oil as opposed to war in Ukraine, uh, sanctions against Russia. Russia sells oil cheaper to uh, India and China, which means there's a lot more oil on the market. That competition alone should have dropped the price. It was a big collusion of oil companies and the whole market system that, you know, I don't believe in the market anyway. The market, it's a mythical market. It's a (laughs) mythical market. But, well... Let me let me explain to you why. In 1979, when the Arab oil embargo occurred, yes, I was living in Albany, Georgia, and I still remember 
in the, in the United States, no matter where you went, there were lines of automobiles yes. standing waiting to get gas. Yes. And this was a genuine oil shortage. Exactly. And and I remember seeing those even in Albany where I was living, there was there were lines of cars trying to get to the gas stations to to at least get a fill up a, a tank of oil gasoline however much gasoline was left in the in the storage tanks at the gas stations and uh David, you David, you are so right. And that is what I tried to impress on people months ago. We never once had a gas station that had no gas. And, and that's where, when I talk about a mythical market, right? Supply and demand and all this crap that they, they, they talk about. And by the way, I do believe in supply and demand in a true, in a true free enterprise system. But in our market, in our market system, it doesn't exist. We just have price collusion and we have those who control this thing called a market. It's a mythical market. And until we can find a way to express that to everybody, we can actually then fully take control of it. You're, you say, David, go ahead. Well, you know, the, the, these corporations, whether it be oil or other, we have, we, we're existing in this, in this uh, oligopoly. Yes. Which is, which is these large corporations, they control the markets and they control prices, and they control supply, and they control demand. Right. So, so they they have to create this myth, right, in order <laughs> to convince us and to, to delude us into thinking that well, the reason why they have to raise prices is because they're not making any money. I have this right wing. I have these two right wing ladies who come to this meeting that I go to on, on Thursday mornings at the Tracy G center. And they're, and they always try to tell me, well, you know, the oil companies, when I explain to them the profit and I said, profit, man. And they say, well, they're, they're still profit is, and what they're doing is they're trying to distort the definition of the word in order to, to convince me that these, that these mega billion dollar companies are not making any money right. and i know it's a lie and you know but what we have to do david is and and you hit the nail on the head those old women that you talk about speaking to right they are listening yeah. to a set of media and the, the, look the media is 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 purposefully confusing them these women aren't bad these women aren't. These women aren't evil. The evil ones. Well, I noticed. I yeah. never said they were. Yeah, yeah, right. I, I, I didn't. I, sorry if you implied that I was telling you that. That's not what I meant. What I'm trying they're, to say. They're, is, not, they're not evil. They're just deluded. Exactly. And what <laughs> we have to do as 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 people who are in the know is we have to find a way to reach them because they are. Yeah. Being, they've been reached by Fox News. They've been reached by uh, right wing mail out. Yeah, Larry. Larry Kudlow. Right. They get all this email from, I mean, it's not only what they see on TV. See, and that's a mistake a lot of progressives make, believing that all these people are just looking at Fox News. I know people that are completely delusional that have never listened to Fox News, but you know what they listen to? Emails that they get daily. I get, I'm on so many right-wing subscriptions right now. And if you see some of the stuff that, that these people get in the e in, at email, and that is where it's at. And I wish more... Mm -hmm progressives would understand that i send out myself uh with with valid information i send out about 10 to 15 pieces of uh of email 
to populate the space, David. All right. And by the way, anybody who wants to be on my newsletter, go to politicsdoneright.com slash newsletter and sign up. Politicsdoneright.com slash newsletter and sign up. And the reason I'm saying this, David, is they are there. I am on so many newsletter mailing lists that your friends are likely on. And the, the, the crap that they hear from them, I'm telling you, David, is ridiculous. And that's why we have to do the same. We have to do it with corroborated information. And that's what I do. I send out 15 or so emails a week. And that's well, what we have to do. Fertile, yes, sir. This is, this is the province of, of, the, of the, what I call critical thinking or critical yes. inquiry, where you do not rely on just one source of right. information. Right. What you do is you examine as many sources as you can and then compare it. With, with what you have access to in your daily life. Right. For instance, like I, like I mentioned to you, I can drive around Houston and this entire area, and I don't think I'll ever see any gas lines. I won't right. see vehicles parked up right. unless there's some, some gas station that's engaging in a price war. Right. They just dropped the price of their product down to like a few pennies per gallon. Now, you might see cars racing to that location to try to get in on it before before the uh before what's in it uh, in the storage tanks at that gas station run out absolutely but sometimes sometimes they do stuff like that for a, for a sales gimmick right but david but you won't see that david yeah. i have some other stuff to talk about but uh you stay you stay calling us you stay listening please please share let other folks know that we exist because you know we're just back on the air and recently I mean, live on the air recently, the last two months or so. So thank you so kindly for listening. Well, and I, please keep sharing, sir, okay? I, I appreciate the show very much, and I certainly appreciate the opportunity to be able to call in and voice my opinion, however however educated or uneducated it you is. You always have educated opinions, David. Thank you so kindly for calling, sir. Okay, well, you have a good one. You too now. Lee Grant on, uh, welcome Lee Grant, John Garcia, welcome, uh, likewise Eric Hayes. Lee says, I get email from Egberto, but it doesn't brainwash me to accept progressive ideology. Thank you for, for saying that, Lee Grant, because I am not trying to brainwash you at all. I'm just trying to get you valid information that you can discuss. And, and luckily for me, you are right here with us, Lee Grant, and we discuss it both on our KPFT program and our internet program. So thank you for being here. Anyway, uh, Bridge MCP says you're a normal conservative Lee and not known to just believe. And that's what we respect about Lee Grant. He's a very good, very good conservative. And so is John Garcia. John and I disagree on certain political issues, but John Garcia has a, a thought and he's been on the show here before as well. All right, uh, I'm going to leave the internet a bit and go with the subject at hand. But like I said, remember, this is always your show. And you can call in and change the subject at will, 713-526-5738. Again, that number is 713-526-5738. Let's go back with what the topic of the show is. Señores, señores, señores. We will submit ourselves to the new bond. We, we willfully submit ourselves to the new bondage, antiseptic slavery. It is easy to be pe uh, pessimistic in the times where most have acquiesced to an insidious form of bondage. I refer to it as antiseptic slavery. I'm optimistic that grassroots action is the answer. A few years ago, on Christmas Day, my mother-in-law sat motionless with a blank stare on her preferred sofa at home. My daughter at our home, my daughter, a then third-year medical student, recognized what was happening 
Grandma was having a stroke. She told us to call 911 as she did some preliminary checks. The fire truck came in a few minutes. In a few minutes, they were there quickly. Followed by the ambulance, who took a little bit longer. And that is where the savagery of our system became more pronounced. And I, want, I, I, did, I chose that word specifically. That is where the savagery of our system showed its air. Before taking grandma to the ambulance, the main concern of the two paramedics was whether she had insurance and by whom. We told them she was on Medicare. They wanted a card with a account number and the works. My wife rummaged through grandma's purse to find that information. So here we are, distressed and concerned about a loved one having a stroke. And we had to first think about money. I mean, while I was at Netroots in, in uh, Philadelphia, I met with a, a, a young man. Uh, he's retired out of Atlanta, had insurance in the United States in Atlanta. And he said his retiring years had to be lived in Canada. Why was it lived in Canada? He then pulled out a card. And he said, this card, this card entitles me to ensure that I have health care. And he said, when I go to the doctor, I first see my primary who sort of direct traffic as to what I need to see, which is what we need in the United States. We need a good person to, we need a primary doctor to direct traffic so that you're not pulled in by a lot of charlatanes, right? Anyhow, and he said, this card entitles me to that. There is a primary around every corner that you can go to. And he said that primary then select the services. And he said, I, they know, we don't even think money when we go to the doctor. We don't think any of that at all. We just think getting healthy, getting health care. He said, I present my card and that's all that I need. And when I go into the uh, system, they go ahead and they make a plan for my care. In this case, it was his wife who had a serious illness. And if she had remained in Georgia, there's a good chance that she would not be here with us today. But no, he was in Canada. And they prepared her plan of action. And without ever having to talk about money or insurance or anything, his wife was cared for. In America, we call that extreme. For the politicians who want that kind of care for their constituents, we call it extreme. We say we can't afford it. It's a lie, but that's how we programmed our people. We program our people to say we cannot afford this even as we have more billionaires than anything else. We have to do better. We have to learn more. My daughter has su subsequently had two strokes caused by a birth defect, an AVM, call it arterial venous malformation. She had insurance with her university in D.C. that covered most of the bills that exceeded half a million dollars. This strong young woman completed all of her courses, even in her disabled state, and is back home recovering. Of course, no private insurance will provide her with insurance, so she must go on disability Medicaid here in Texas because there are so many features 
we don't offer. This in the country that calls itself the most advanced country in the world. This that calls itself the country that is exceptional. This that calls itself no other country matches us. Ask people in France. Ask people in the UK. Ask people in Canada. Ask people in Germany. Ask people in Taiwan. Which one of them would swap their healthcare system for ours? Which one will do it? Yet, we are exceptional. We are exceptional if we choose to be. We have the money to do it. But we have allowed psychopaths to become billionaires under the pretext that they earned it. Not one single billionaire has earned the monies that they have. Not one. And anybody wants to have a debate as to whether any of those billionaires are deserving of the billions that they have. 713-526-5738. Again, that number is 713-526-5738. As someone who has always had uh, always had insurance, where I have paid north of $20,000 a year in today's dollars, it pains me that we the people tolerate the exploitation by the few. I have had policies that cost me north of $1,200 a month with a $10,000 deductible. In effect, I was just giving my money to those big multi-million dollar paychecks to insurance executives. Again, remember that whenever you are paying your insurance premium, you are just paying somebody to pay a bill for you. And for that... They take 20 to 30% off the top to pay executives. And, and people will say, well, Obamacare limited insurance companies from only charging 18%. Folks, there are magical ways insurance companies used to have much more, much more than that 18% speculated by the Affordable Care Act. So forget about that. They take 20 to 30% off the top. Medicare, not the Medicare Advantage. Medicare, standard Medicare has a costs about 1% to 2% to administer it, and it does it better than the private companies do. They'll never tell you that. But remember when you go into your doctor's office, how many different uh, nurses have to be calling different insurance companies to figure out what you're, what you're covered for, what you're not covered for, what you deduct. All of that they have to do. Very inefficient. Medicare just says, okay, you got a bill. Everybody is presumed to know it, do it right, and we have audits that check ourselves every so often. The government is a lot more efficient in paying for health care than the private sector. But they won't tell you that because, again, they're paid not to tell you the truth. Anybody wants corroboration, we are more than willing and able to provide the corroboration. It's all there. It's just that Americans... Get most of their information from a line, line networks. They get information from journalists that aren't doing their jobs. That aren't de- digging in detail. That are not telling you over and over again. And allowing the liars that send you email every day. That allows you the liars that, send you, that, that puts on the TV every day. Let's do better. Let's do better. 
Want to call in 713-526-5738? Do you have a story? 713-526-5738. Most Americans want health care for all. Most Americans want family leave. Most Americans want a livable wage. Most Americans want affordable childcare so that they can get a reliable job. Most Americans want a clean environment. Yet, we are unable to get our senators of either party to provide the policies we all want under the pretext that it is extreme and too expensive. How is it extreme to, ex- to support what most Americans want? How is it too expensive when we have a growing number of the super rich who earned that wealth on all of our backs? How is it extreme? They want to talk about We don't want to increase to a living wage because it'll hurt the small businessman. The small businessman was paying $7.25 or whatever the minimum wage is in the lowest base state for decades. Right? $7.25. That small business person, if he's a baker, his flour increased in price and he paid it. If he's a candlestick maker, the wax increased in price and he paid it. If he's a grocer, the eggs, the ham, the meat, all these things increased in prices and they paid it. The only part of their expenses they are unwilling to pay is the expenses of human beings, the wages of people whose expenses themselves also went up. So here you have Small businesses saying, we don't want the minimum wage increase. Ten years ago, minimum wage is the same. They don't want it increase. They were willing to pay the electrical company and all these other companies more money. But they were not willing to do it for human beings. They were not willing to do it as they should. They were not willing to be humane. That is the instantiation, folks, of evil. I know people don't like when one says that. But when you, can, when you can pay all of your bills otherwise, right? You pay it. You don't have a problem. You pay it, right? You pay it. But when it comes to paying human beings, you don't. I want to do a little interjection here for KPFT and remind everybody that tomorrow is Giving Tuesday. So please make your Giving Tuesday donations at kpft.org or on KPFT's Facebook, Giving Tuesday's page, or call 713-526-5738 and hit option one. Again, if you want to donate for Giving Tuesday, please call 713-526-5738 and hit option one. If you want to talk to me right now, if you want to call into the program right now, call 713-526-5738 and hit the number two. All lines are available. You guys are doing a lot of listening today, but I would love to hear some of your point. David called in earlier, but I'd love to listen to what others have to say. Do you agree with what I'm saying? We have a lot of people online, however, speaking. Lee Grant says there's plenty of fraud in Medicare. Medicare for all will amplify that. You cannot, say, you cannot make a statement like that, uh, Senor Lee Grant. 
That is not an accurate statement. We have Medicare, it has fraud in it, but the biggest fraud that we have in our healthcare system come from the private sector. You take a look at any bill from the private sector, that is the biggest fraud that there is. I told you earlier that my daughter's bill or its combined strokes were over half a million dollars. It should have been a tenth of that given the services that she received. But the biggest fraud in America is the healthcare system. The biggest fraud in America is the drug and pharma companies who, again, take our money to develop drugs. And when it is time to market the drugs, they take the profit. That's why most of drug companies' budget is not in research and development, but it is in marketing. So, Brother Grant, I hear you. You think that there would be more fraud? The private sector has much more fraud than the government sector. And if you doubt it, look at your bill. Uh, Eric Hayes says, Umegberto, over 70% of people getting relief want taxpayer to pay their debt. As they said, they would uh, use the money. No, 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 no. Again, that is a lie. Most Americans work very, very hard for their monies. Very hard. You go to the deepest ghetto in this country and you go to the bus stations and you see very hardworking Americans who are underpaid. They're not given a living wage. That's why they're always trying to get whatever they can. It's called survival. Folks, give us a call. 713-526-5738. Uh, Deb Denny is saying, Eric Hayes, the billionaires reap the rewards from their companies denying healthcare services. You understand it. You're getting that right, Deb Denny. Again, welcome aboard, Deb Denny. West Brain also says, Extreme defines our healthcare system, one where people die because they cannot get the care they need when they need it and when their doctor wants it. Unnecessary debts are extreme. Thank you for making that association, West Brain. Uh, Lee, let's see who else we got here. Deb Denny, thanks for being in the, uh, putting your two cents in the chat. We also have Eric Hayes that says, do the maths. All that said, Egberto, we finally blame his own party too. Uh, our, our, uh, let, let's put, let's get one thing straight first. I am a progressive that caucuses with the Democratic Party as a person. This is myself as a person now. I'm not talking as a host, as a person. But I'm owned by nobody and I call out everybody. Absolutely everybody. Because my goal in this program, my goal in what we do here at KPFT on this show is to inform and to ask folks to be self-empowered Notice what I, I learned this at, at, at my last conference. I used to say, my goal is to empower people. And a guy came over and said, who the hell are you to think you can empower anybody? We are all empowered, which I had to change my phraseology. I am here to say, you are empowered to do these things. I, nobody can empower you. You self-empower to do these things. West Brain says, the private sector sucks money from the public sector. Taxes and channel to support the private system. And, and exactly right. Most of your tax dollars eventually uh, wheels itself right through the, the private sector. Anyhow, 713-526-5738. Again, folks, please be sure. Give us a call, 713-526-5738. Hit the number two if you want to talk to me. Hit the number one if you want to give a donation for Given Tuesday. Anyhow, continuing with the program here. Like I said, most Americans want health care for all. Most Americans want family leave. Most Americans want livable wage. Most Americans want affordable child care. Child care for them that they can go out there and get a meaningful job. Most Americans want a clean environment. 
yet we're unable to get it because the senators, Democrats and Republicans alike, people like Joe Manchin saying, it is extreme. It is extreme to care. It is extreme for us to provide services that we can actually afford. No, they are the ones that are extreme, folks. They are the extreme ones. At least 80% of Americans are in a type of bondage that they believe they must endure. I call this form of bondage antiseptic slavery. Why? During the brutal form of slavery that blacks endured, they were considered property. The slave owner who only cared about capital had, a, had to keep his machine, the slaves, productive. They had to clothe, feed, and provide them with health care. They had to put all these services into those machines, their slaves. They had to invest in them. Today, masters, the corporation, the corporate executives have made the new slaves and employees expendable and replaceable. It is a system more efficient than slavery. While its brutality does not leave physical scars, its economic damage is permanent. Come on in, Paula. How are you doing today? Doing good. Talk to me. Okay, well, first let me say I, I agree with some of the things you're saying. Yes, ma'am. As far as health insurance and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But are you aware that the progressives are responsible for the Federal Reserve? I am a look, let, let me tell you something, okay? Um, it's first of all, I, I, I'm not going to preach that I know who and how the Federal Reserve got formed. So I will, I will take your word on that, okay? I will take your word on that. So well, I don't, please, please do your research. Yeah, I don't mind. I will do it. I will do it. But I, I, as far as given that you just told me that, I will have to research that before I go ahead and just start talking well, about sure, it. Sure, sure, sure. Okay? But is there something else you want to say? Because I want to answer that, however. Is there something else you wanted to add to that or... Uh, well, I just wanted to say that if you go on marketplace.gov, mm-hmm. you can get health insurance for a reasonable rate, but you probably need someone to help you do it. Okay. So I, I urge people to call them and get them to walk them through and figure out the best plan because the silver plans are not usually the best. Right. Let me just say one thing, though, um, uh, Paula, because, again, I have a small company for the, for the longest time, for probably 20 years or so, I was the one who carried insurance in her home. My wife just happened to get a job that gives uh, insurance that was better than me getting it off the market. As a business owner, you know, it's very difficult to get good insurance uh, that's not a group plan or, or whatever. So I did a lot of research on the health insurance. And you are absolutely correct that if you go to healthcare.gov, you can find policies that are, that are not super, super expensive. But that wasn't the issue that I'm talking about. Here in Texas, we have a problem. By the way, are you in Texas or somewhere else? Yes, I'm in Texas. Okay. In Texas, our governor decided not to go for the, Medicare, the Medicaid expansion to the Affordable Care Act. And in doing so, he sentenced over 2,000 Texans to death. Let me explain. Uh, when, when it was uh, initially offered, or it's still offered, when the Medicaid expansion to the Affordable Care was offered, it came to the, to the states at zero cost. Zero cost for the first three years and 10% thereafter. We spend more than that 10% 
in debts and all and other causes right now, but we, for ideological reasons, have decided that we are not going to insure those people that fall in that sweet spot where the, the Medicaid expansion to the Affordable Care would act. So when you're sending people to the healthcare.gov, as you just mentioned correctly, a lot will find good prices. But you know what? A lot of them will find that they simply don't qualify because many people think that the Affordable Care Act is a gift. The Affordable Care Act is paid for with the interest, I mean, with the taxes that you you're, uh, personally, like uh, it, 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 it is deducted from the taxes that you pay as a person. So let's say you earn $40,000 a, a year and you pay $3,000 in, in federal tax. That is your stipend for paying for the Affordable Care Act. A lot of people don't realize that's how it works. They thought it was just a giveaway. It was never a giveaway. The Medicaid expansion to the Affordable Care Act, that part is, I don't want to call it a giveaway, is for people who don't pay enough taxes to be able to earn the Affordable Care Act. Did you know that or, or, or is this just something you're picking up now? No, I'm, I'm very aware. <laughs> okay. I'm very aware of how it works. Yes, my husband is self-employed and we have one income. So Right. So you get what I'm saying. Yes, and my daughter, my daughter's disabled. She's on SSI and right. disability. And so, yeah, I, I trust me, I know this. I know the system is Good. is bad, and I agree with you on that. Yes. Now, why do you disagree with me on? That's what I want to hear, my dear beautiful lady. Uh, okay. Well, I do disagree with with the uh, minimum wage points that you made, okay. only because I let me stop I have right friends there. who live in New York, yes. and minimum wage is much higher there, and yes. so is the cost of living. Yes. Let me ask you a foolish question. So it will raise the cost of living. Yes, it will. Let me ask you a question, though. Uh, as a small, a, a small business 10 years ago, right, was paying $7.25 for minimum wage, right? Do you, right? Yeah, yeah, and that's ridiculous. Okay, but let's, 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 say it's not, let's assume it's not ridiculous. All right, let's, now 10 years later, the cost of living has gone up 40%, right? Should, should that minimum wage still be at $7.25? In Texas, no. <laughs> That's and you know and, 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 and really Texas is one of the few states I think that are still paying that right. as far as I've known. The southern I mean, states. Yeah, a lot, I agree. It southern. should go up. It should go up to probably a nine. Right. I don't know. Honestly, that is my thing. Right. Um, my thing is not to know the. Um, I don't. I can't. I. I always tell people a lot of this is outside of my pay grade. What I mean by that is I don't. I don't want to know. I mean I don't want to create policies for things that I don't really know, but there's some things that both you and I know. And you just mentioned, you just agreed right there. So I don't really know what disagreement we have. We seem to be... Okay, well, my only disagreement was that you think that it was the small businesses being greedy. It's not the small businesses. It's the big businesses. It's uh, the corporation. Mm -hmm. Let me say one thing here, because I'm a small business too. And I think you said you're a small business as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. So both of us are in the same boat, Paula. Uh, maybe I maybe I need to modify how I said about small businesses. What I'm saying, what I wanted to say with small businesses, and tell me how I could say this differently, and is as follows: um, You're as a small business owner, you know that your electric costs increase. Your whatever products you used to make your product, all those prices increased, and you had to pay it because they increased. Well, your employees. All those costs increase for your employees also. I am saying that we should have some mechanism that 
also takes that into account because it's only the human side that we don't have to increase the prices off, right? You're right, and we you have no choice but to pay however much they right. want to charge you for energy. <laughs> exactly. It's the energy mafia. It's the right. energy mafia. I am with you, young lady. I'm with you. And what I'm saying is a lot of times, you know, when you said, did I know the progressive in, in, did the Federal Reserve and all of that? All of those things may be true. And I, I mean, I, I will actually, if you tell me, I believe you. you. You sound like a very responsible person to me. All right. So what I, what I, what I really want to say is the following, though. And that is, if you take a look, if you take a look at um, what we generally smirk about, and I don't even want to say fight about, smirk about, these are all smoke screens. We have a bigger, a bigger fish to fry, and that is our plutocracy. They really take advantage of us, and they keep us fighting for crumbs. I want to make sure that your daughter has all the health care she needs. I want to make sure that you don't have to jump on uh, healthcare.gov to fight and figure out what best prices to take and make options as to, well, if I take this, if I take this low price, I won't be able to see this doctor, that doctor, that doctor. I want a healthcare system for all because we can afford it, because we deserve it, because we earned it. Your thoughts? Um, I don't know about earning it, but... You don't, you don't think, think you earn health care, Paula? Or, uh, let me ask, do you go to well, the grocery I mean, store every I think day? It, it, should be, it should be available on the free market, and it's really not. It's Why on the free market? Why on the free because market? Because it, it would be cheaper. It was cheaper. If you, if you look up the price of health care in the 80s, mm-hmm. it was much lower. Yes. But the you know history, why? And, and hospital, the hospitals, it, it's, it's a much bigger... Um, than you probably realize. No, no, it is a scam. It is. Let me, let me ask you this, because I want to dispel that notion that the free market is more efficient than the, the government running healthcare. And let me explain what I mean by that, paying the bill for healthcare. Um, is it, isn't it true that if we have 10 different insurances and a doctor's office has to have personnel to figure out what, which insurance companies to use, that that's going to cost more. Isn't it also true that every healthcare company has to have its own CEO and all of that, databases, advertising costs, and all of that? Even if government is 10% inefficient, let's say it's 10% inefficient, it still will be more efficient than the private sector. And that is, we, we are well, so... Well, you know what? Yeah. I, will give, I will give you, I will definitely give you that point. And mm-hmm. after what we've all been through mm-hmm. in the, you know, the, over the past few years, I, I think it's, we, we will eventually get to that point. Mm-hmm. We will get, you I know, mean, because yes, it's too expensive. You know when we get there, Paula? We get there when we get folks like you there. And this is what I, honest, and I, I mean this from the depths of my heart here. Um, when you said... We need to leave it up to the market. My heart sank. Okay? And then when you just came back... Well, that was, that's the ideal. Yeah. But I don't, that, that I we don't do understand not live why, in an though. ideal world. We don't live in an ideal world. Yeah. No, what, the, where, my, where I sank is for... I think we were all indoctrinated in to believe that somehow paying a bill plus profit is, is cheaper than just paying a bill. You see what I'm saying? In other words, these insurance companies don't do it out of the goodness of their heart. 
They do it because they want to make a profit, and that profit comes from your premiums. Now, if you if you take a, a nonprofit entity, the government, let's say, and pay the premium to the government, that money goes a lot further than having to pay all these other costs, in, including high price executives, right? So I, I, I am trying to get the, and I, I'm, I'm honest here, I'm trying to get folks to rethink that somehow everything belongs in belong in the free market. I believe that. Okay, but but what do you think about public private partnerships? Because I why our we no longer have pure pure anything like government controlled I, anything. It's all corporate government. I agree, and let, let me tell you where I think the private corporate partnership goes in healthcare. Right. I couldn't design every single protractor or every single, I mean, the government, it's not a good place to innovate on things, right? In other words, uh, I will design a new prosthetic because I'm sitting down tinkering and all of that. I'm a private guy. You, you're, you're, you may design some new hand or whatever as a private person, right? And after you've recovered that, I think that, I mean, I, I want the private sector to do those kinds of things, right? But for the things that don't require innovation, right? Why should somebody continue to make a hell of a lot of money on paying a bill? Yeah. Things that don't require innovation, right? We only have mm-hmm. these things because we want innovation, right? And complicated so, part. Right. And, and that's what I'm saying. I'm saying, I want, I mean, right now, you know, what the oil companies do is free money. They've already drilled the oil and the oil belonged to us all. But while in Venezuela, they were trying to get the oil to belong to many people, here in the United States, we say, uh-uh, oil and government lands belong to the corporation. Oil on private lands, you only get a little royalty for it. We have a system that is so inhumane that is covered in humanity. In other words, we have a facade of humanity. But when you look at it deep on the inside, it's just a few people that is, that's just ripping us off, in my humble opinion. Your thoughts? Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I'll agree with that. And I might lose you because I'm about to drive oh, into no, a dead zone. That's fine. Let me just tell you, I, I, I got to go as well. And I want to thank you for calling in and, and really being present in the conversation. So thank you so kindly for calling, Paula. Oh, I enjoyed it very much. Absolutely. You have a wonderful day. Anyway, Paula was great. I mean, I, I, I love the, the way we, we are able to communicate these particular issues. Uh, you want to say something? Uh, yeah, I wanted to chime in about the uh, Federal Reserve. Yes, sir. You know, she'd mentioned that it was uh, progressive. Uh, Woodrow Wilson, I mean, that's arguable if he's a progressive or not. But, you know, what is progressive about the Federal Reserve and what they do right is that they're basically a co-op. They issued non-profit loans, interest-free loans. It's basically a co-op of all the big banks. And so that's what we need is a model for just regular consumer banking. You know, we shouldn't have to have a go to a for-profit bank for your first-time uh, you know, house loan or your small business loan. So I think it's relatively progressive. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand it. I, I never studied up on that, so that's the reason I gave her the answer that I gave. But, I mean, thank you for that uh, That that. Um Peace. I didn't know that. I didn't know that at all, uh, Tori. I hope you heard that, Paula. Uh, Tori is a historian, a history teacher, and he knows a whole lot of, st- uh, of of this this stuff as well. Anyway, folks, let me finish with the article because we're coming close to the end of time. It goes as follows: At least eighty percent of Americans are in a type of bondage that they believe they must endure. I call this form of bondage antiseptic slavery. Why? During the brutal form of slavery that blacks endured, they were considered property. 
The slave owner who only cared about capital had to keep his machines, slaves, productive. They had to be clothed. They had to be fed and provide them with health care. Today's masters, the corporate executives, have made the new slaves and employees expendable and replaceable. It is a system more efficient than slavery. While its brutality does not leave physical scars, its economic damage is permanent. So why do Americans tolerate this when these are examples around the world of systems that work better where people are demonstrably happier. Too many either believe that is how things are destined to be, or they believe they have no recourse. It have been written, I have written about this ad nauseum about the fraud that is our healthcare system, our education system, and economic system as a whole. But the wealthy, the plutocracy, and the oligarchy have a huge megaphone. It is a well-funded by a ruling. It is well-funded by a ruling class that presents a beautiful face of philanthropy as they hurt us behind the scenes using many of our own institutions and informed grass an informed grassroots movement using geometric progression is our big megaphone. What do I mean by that? Our megaphone. Our megaphone, our megaphone. You know what? We don't have 10 megaphones. We don't have 100 megaphones. We have millions of megaphones, folks. If we share information among ourselves, if we respect ourselves, if we respect each other, if we look out for each other, it doesn't matter what those psychopaths, the billionaires do. Ultimately, it is ours. Remember that. We are the ones who create wealth. We are the ones who create things. We are the ones who create, not them. Most of them are exactly right, Howard. Howard did the right thing. I won't say it, but he did the right thing. We are the ones who create. Don't ever, absolutely ever forget it. Play second fiddle to nobody. Let's activate. Let's use our own power. Uh, Bridge says in the 80s, Having a part-time job had you full health insurance until Reagan. True. Uh, let's see what else we have here. Uh, Bruce says, Egberto, good show. Eric Hayes says, Viva the creators. Don't be a taker. Yep. Uh, so I, I imagine you're talking to Bezos. I imagine you're talking to all of those guys because those guys are, cre I mean, are not creators. They are takers. Ask the government how much money goes to them. All right. Deb Dennis says, Eric Hayes, in my life, I only know one person who ever had any money to invest. Everyone else I know doesn't make enough money for that kind of activity. If you live in a community that does, most people would consider that an anomaly. Most people don't. So, folks, we are getting close to the end of the show. I want to thank you all for listening. Uh, we couldn't do this without you. Remember to go to kpft.org because we have what? Given Tuesday, kpft.org or call 713-526-5738 and hit the number one. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right. And you guys know how I end this, baby. I am what? Out! We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet 
with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.